Hi, it's Dave and Debbie here of the Dave and Dijanovic Show on KSL News Radio. We're on live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday, starting at nine. And every day we start off with the launch, so the keyword is going to be launch. So text that keyword to five seven five zero zero, and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. Dave and Dijanovic, your morning companions for talk, analysis, and key perspectives on Utah's biggest stories on KSL News Radio. Dave and Dijanovic have inside sources. Well, the South Carolina primary sent Nikki Haley uh, her fourth straight defeat to Donald Trump. Uh, in South Carolina on Saturday, she lost by 20 points. She came in third in Iowa behind Trump and DeSantis. Uh, made a respectable showing in New Hampshire, lost by 11 points. Nevada was ugly. Nevada was kind of a strange little thing. She didn't lose to Donald Trump, but to a little circle on the ballot that said, none of these candidates. There was none of these candidates. There was Nikki Haley and 65% of the people checked the box, none of these candidates. So now we go to her home state where she grew up, South Carolina, and she loses by 20 points. But she said, I'm still plowing ahead. I'm not dropping out. Boyd? Lots to unpack. <laughs> uh, so the interesting things in terms of uh, where she went, so one momentum is is the one thing. She's clearly playing off of that. She was down by 35 less than a week ago, so she closed the gap by uh, almost half. Uh, the most interesting thing to me, there were a couple of interesting things coming out of South Carolina. One was the number of people who had already made their decision of who they would vote for more than two months ago. More than two, 73% of the people who cast ballots in South Carolina said, I made my decision on who I'm going to vote for two months ago. Uh, so that's an interesting uh, mm-hmm. thing to look at. Uh, I think the fact that... Um, was it was that saying we're voting for either Haley or Trump? And it was it was they were done. done. Deal. They okay. were done. Uh, and the, of course, the majority of those went to, went to the former president. Now, the other interesting thing is that so if you go back to the general election in South Carolina, uh, Donald Trump won in 2016 against Hillary Clinton with about I think it was 56 percent of the vote. He won South Carolina in 2020 against Joe Biden with about the same about 55 percent of the vote. So that's everybody voting. And now in a Republican primary, he only got to 59. That's an interesting story. Mm. And so if you unpack that a little bit in terms of where Nikki Haley won and what that plays like in places like Michigan and a lot of the others coming up on Super Tuesday, uh, if I was in the Nikki Haley camp, I'd say, oh, Look, we're resonating with the kind of voters that we're going to see on Super Tuesday. Uh, And so that's got to be part of their messaging rolling forward. And and I think the other part of the message is, look, 40 percent is not a united party. If you have another candidate who's getting 40 percent of the vote, you do not have a united Republican Party, which they clearly don't have. So I'm just looking at the AP story on this uh, posted about an hour ago, Boyd. It said uh, Trump um, won in South Carolina with voters who are white and do not have a college degree. One of his core uh, constituencies. Yeah. yeah. And and really interesting to that same point. So if you it, when you ask those who cast a vote for President Trump uh, in South Carolina over the weekend, the number one factor, why did you choose this candidate to vote for? The only thing that mattered was someone who fights for people like me. Hmm. We've been having this discussion about the elites of the country and how people are tired of that. 
That's who showed up and voted in South Carolina. I mean, things like immigration and health care and the economy were in single digits. But these people are saying, I don't care about all the other stuff. I want someone who's going to fight for me. And so the former president's populist grievance message is continuing to play with that base voter there. Uh, and that's a that's a really fascinating thing because we know the American people ultimately would love to have, regardless of party, they would love a smart fighter in the White House. But what they really hate is smart wimps, especially elite smart wimps, yeah. which political consultants tend to turn candidates into. And in the absence of a smart fighter, the American people will take just a fighter. They'll take a dumb fighter. They'll take a populist fighter because they want to know someone's fighting for them. And that is clearly what played out in South Carolina over the weekend. 20 points is a blowout. No no question. But Nikki Haley still got over 300,000 votes. So is that the silver lining? Is you're still, I don't know, there's, there's no second place in this race, but... What what can she build on with 300,000 votes? Yeah, so, so 40% of the party, again, I think that, that will be one thing she'll play off of. I think the other thing that she's going to play off of is, look, you've got uh, two potential candidates, uh, and, and if, even if you just take the one potential candidate in the former president, uh, it's one thing to win a primary in the spring. But to your point, Dave, there is no second place in the fall. You either win the general election or you don't. And every single poll shows right now that the Biden-Trump matchup is pretty much a dead heat. The Nikki Haley-Joe Biden matchup, Haley's winning by double digits. It's a blowout. It's a blowout. And so I think you'll hear the Haley campaign making more of that, that, look, uh, you can win all you want in the spring. (laughs) That's lovely, uh, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't win on the first Tuesday of November. So I think you'll hear that as part of their silver lining message uh, as they move towards Super Tuesday. What is the biggest problem Republicans have with Nikki Haley then? That's a great question. (laughs) Uh, And I think part of it is just the party. Uh, And I think you do have the establishment of the party. And here, this is the other very interesting twist, because the former president ran as the outsider in 2016. Not Washington, not politics, not elite guy. Uh, And he is the insider, He is the establishment now, and he's going into the Republican Party and putting in his own people into the Republican National Party. That's the ultimate in how establishment candidates run. And so I think you'll hear Nikki Haley talk about that as well, that, look, everyone thought you were getting this. We actually got this. And now you're going to get an establishment version of that. Is that really where we want to go? So I think that's the case she'll be making to the Republican Party is I'm the outsider. Uh, and it's time to the outsider to get back to those core principles uh, of the party. I want to touch on this, too. It does seem like she's lost a, a powerful donor group, the, the, the Coke group. The Coke outfit says it doesn't think any outside group can make a material difference in Haley's path to the Republican presidential nomination. The Haley campaign thanking the group and saying it received Sunday more than a million dollars from grassroots conservatives, calling it plenty of fuel to keep going. Haley in Troy, Michigan, hammering the front runner, Mr. Trump. To take $50 million of campaign contributions and pay them towards his personal court cases. The Michigan primary is Tuesday. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. So uh, the group was headed by Charles Koch, uh, abandoning Haley. Uh, I guess left her uh, 
some breadcrumbs of a million dollars there, and no, she actually, thanked no, those, him. No, 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 no. Those were not from the Koch brothers. Okay, those okay. were real Americans making real okay. donations Thanks on for Saturday that night. Yeah, I didn't take that away from yeah. the ABC News. Story. Yeah, so the okay. the Koch brothers are now shifting their focus to down ballot races, so they feel like they can have a better impact on the country if they go to some of those Senate races, some of the House of Representative races uh, that are continuing to play out. But the uh, the grassroots, it is interesting. You you uh, have that showing in South Carolina. Carolina, and within 24 hours, you've got a lot of people around the country uh, who are who are making contributions uh, so that they can have a choice. And I think the choice is good, regardless of whether you think Nikki Haley is a good candidate or a bad candidate or whatever. Uh, there are people who are saying choice is good, and we should continue to have the conversation and the debate uh, because that actually leads us to a, a better place as a country. Michigan next, right? Michigan's next. Michigan's tomorrow. And Michigan's also a little squirrely. It has both a primary and a caucus convention. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the primary will be tomorrow, and then the uh, caucus convention will be on Saturday. So it'll split up the delegates in kind of a, a funky way, sort of like Nevada. Utah will do the same thing on Super Tuesday. All right. Thanks, Boyd. <laughs> this portion of uh, the Dave and Duchanovic show is brought to you by Window World. Call Window World of Utah today for the best value in windows and doors, and that's no baloney. Uh, Let's continue uh, talking about Nikki Haley with former Senate candidate Allie Isom. Um, She she ran for Senator Mike Lee's seat, uh, and she has now thrown her support behind Nikki Haley, who, by the way, is on her way to Utah this week. So let's get Allie on the line next. Hi, it's Dave and Debbie here of the Dave and Dijanovic Show on KSL News Radio. We're on live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday, starting at 9. And every day we start off with the launch, so the keyword is going to be launch. So text that keyword to 57500, and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. Dave and Dijanovic, the race for the White House, special coverage on KSL News Radio. Nikki Haley heading to Utah this week um, on the heels of her loss in her home state of South Carolina. She lost to. Former President Donald Trump in the primary there by 20 points. Uh, the silver lining uh, for Haley is that she did capture 40% of the vote. 300,000 voters. Realistically speaking, I don't see how this campaign continues beyond Super Tuesday. Even if she were to somehow surprise in some places, she is not in a position where you can say, well, if this happens and that happens, she's on a path to be the Republican nominee. It really is an embarrassing showing for her. She hoped that this would put momentum into her campaign, uh, allow her to to show that she is on the march and that voters want to buy what she's selling. But right now, there's just no evidence of that when it's actually put to the question of Republican primary voters. It's hard to be optimistic when you see these losses stack on top of each other. The message I think is being lost by the Haley campaign right now is every poll that you look at that compares Joe Biden and Donald Trump in a general election has it razor close. Trump has a little bit of an edge right now, but it's razor close. When you do a head-to-head with Nikki Haley and Joe Biden – she wins by double digits. And it, and as we were talking to Boyd Matheson, he said it doesn't matter what happens in the spring, what elections you win in the spring. It matters what you can do in November. And that's a message I think that's getting lost right now. Uh, Ali Isom, former candidate for the United States Senate, uh, ran a campaign against uh, Senator Mike Lee. You've been a strong supporter of Haley. Are, will you be there when she gets into town on Thursday? Is it Thursday? Think of my date right? Oh, she's 
Just coming in on Wednesday. Wednesday. I apologize for that. Yes. Um, and she'll, she'll be at UVU, right? UVU at 12.30 for a rally. We'll have a VIP reception just before that, but she's at the rally at 12.30 in the Nordis Center. You can get tickets on the UVU Herbert Institute website. They're free. We'd love to have Utahns come out and hear what she has to say. Why do you think it is that Republicans are so married to Donald Trump right now? Because if they truly are unhappy with Joe Biden, which they clearly are, and it looks like Nikki Haley would win in a landslide against Joe Biden, it seems like Republicans right now are willing to take the possibility of Trump winning over almost a guarantee that Nikki Haley would win. You know, Dave, I think you're underscoring something that's really important in America right now, and it's that the, the tribal politics have been dividing us for far too long. And I'm supporting Nikki because I not only do I think she's the most qualified candidate with experience and temperament, but I actually think she's the only candidate who can unite us as a country again. And I don't know about you, but like I'd like to, I'd like to get together for Thanksgiving in my family and I have to be so emotional and so divided. Uh, you know, I have a cute neighbor just telling me our family's so divided because of these emotions running so high in our country. And I think she, Nikki, brings something to the White House that's unique. You know, Boyd was talking about a smart fighter. Yes, on the, on the international scene, we need someone with her experience and breadth and strength and, and her willingness to stand against those guys that are the bad guys and to back up our allies and support them. But on the domestic front, I think she's reasonable and, and she speaks in a way that doesn't alienate people with whom she disagrees. And I love to see that she's bringing people into the process and back to the discussion in, in healthy ways. And it means something when, you know, you were just talking about how there was a million dollars that her campaign raised in the last 24 hours. And those are from small donors. Those are, real Americans, people who want a choice. They want a real choice. Well, it sounds like they want to change, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Allie Isom, uh, former candidate for United States Senate here in Utah, um, has uh, thrown her support behind uh, Nikki Haley. And I, I, Allie, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm not alone when I say this, but whenever former President Trump opens his mouth and says the things that he says, even over the weekend, um, he's saying some he's, stuff. I just cringe. I cringe. I cringe. And I, I, I want to tell him to stop talking, which I know I'm sure his campaign managers have told him that over the years and then they end up quitting. So he doesn't stop talking, but, but it's the same with, you know, President Biden, uh, not so much what he says, but is he going to get it? Is he going to get through it? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, and we have two candidates who, I mean, we've made no secret about their ages or up there in years. President Trump is former President Trump, 77. President Biden's even older than that. Nikki Haley's in her fifties. Um, and I, again, I, I, uh, we've seen this. We've seen this movie before. We know how it ends. If Trump goes up against Biden, chances are, I think Biden's going to win again. So I don't understand what the Republican logic is here uh, by putting uh, former President Trump at the top of the ticket, at, at least at this point. You know, if we, if we want to be wise, we understand seventy percent of Americans don't want a Trump Biden rematch. We are sleepwalking right back to 2020. And, and we've seen before, Donald Trump continues to make not only these unhinged comments, 
but Republicans are losing as a result. If you look at 2018, 2020, 2022, and for me, I don't just want the White House for four years. I want it for eight years. I, I want stability and, and reason and, you know, normal back in my country. And that's what I think um, Nikki brings that new generation of leadership and returns us back to the way that words matter in public policy and in public dialogue. We've seen a difference in the way that Nikki Haley is talking about Donald Trump now. Uh, It's a sharp uh, contrast to what was happening several months ago when there were several candidates that were vying for for this. Um, But she's been far more critical and, and much sharper in her comments. Is she a little late to this? I would have liked her to. I would have liked to have seen her be more direct earlier. Yes, I think so. Um, but I do think she's been very intentional about um, using language in a way that doesn't alienate. And while she's direct and forceful, she's not attacking him, his character. You know, that's that's the difference. And it's the way we make progress when we have a conversation about the future of our nation. And we talk about principle and policy rather than personalities. We make a lot more progress. And and I am so um, encouraged by the language she's been using. Um, But I do think she's pointing out the choice. It's really up to her at this point to frame the choice we have as Americans. And I think she's doing that in a forceful way. But I don't think it's in a way that um, you see from others that is personality driven, you know, name calling and and um, overgeneralizations and, and, you know, turning people into caricatures. That's just not helpful in the public dialogue. And I've, I've seen her refrain from that. I'm really, really grateful. You know, when, when President Trump went after her husband being deployed and, service, uh, you know, he's serving abroad. And how many times have we heard Trump attack veterans? I mean, that's just not right. It, that is unhinged and inappropriate. And she could have said a lot of things. I'm sure the emotions were running really high, but she remained collected and called it out and said that is certainly not okay. And here's what I, she has to offer instead. And, and I think that's that's what's really important. It's not just about tearing other people down. You have to remember, like 11 months ago, she was at two percent in the polls, 13 candidates in the race. She was just trying to get the media to pay attention. You know, the media loved Trump because he makes such a great story. There's so much clickbait in headlines with his name, um, and it's a, it's a hard thing to go up against. So I have tons of respect for her for hanging in there and understanding the conversation matters. We want a choice, and she's come such a long way, and you've got to give her credit for the momentum she's built and the people she's bringing back to the table, back to politics, back to the polls. It will be fascinating to hear what her message is for Utahns. Uh, she'll be here on Wednesday, 1230. She'll be speaking at UVU. There are still tickets available. Uh, thank you, Ali Isom, for joining us. Yeah, we will be following that as well with our team of reporters and producers. We've got a busy week uh, stacking up. Uh, we've got Nikki Haley visiting Utah Valley University. As Dave said, tickets are still available. Dave and I are taking our show on the road from 9 to noon tomorrow. We will be in uh, the Power District, which is right around where the Fair Park is. This is where the new uh, Major League Baseball Stadium has been proposed and that we're Utah taxpayers will be asked to spend a billion dollars in public funds uh, to build that stadium, own that stadium, um, and then hopefully we get a ball team. 
<laughs> the little cart before the horse. <laughs> uh, however, we will be there live tomorrow with all kinds of different angles. We're going to look at housing values now, uh, what the projections are in that area. People will even be able to afford to buy a house um, in that area, what the plans are for new housing, new development, um, and traffic as well, and also how these taxes um, that are going to be collected. We're going to speak to a tax expert uh, will be allocated and spent. So full coverage, busy week ahead uh, right here at KSL News Radio. Also this week, wrapping up the 2024 general session of the Utah State Legislature. So next, we're going to go live to Capitol Hill to find out what is left on tap and if lawmakers will get that funding through for these uh, sports arenas next.